Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Thank you, Cam. You know, when you look at Texas and Texas A&M and you look at the resumes, I don't know what the committee is going to use to determine what ultimately separates these two. Because to be grouped into the way the committee grouped them, and, and again, Craig and I have talked about this for the last few weeks when we talked regional projections, and then we talked about the bracket when it was unveiled a week ago today. You look at how everything is set up. Once you get past those top 16 seeds, those first 16 seeds, nothing else is truly seeded. In some cases it is, but we talk about balance of the bracket. Geographically, things have to work out. Look, between you figure those teams that are right in the center, the center of the country, right, Texas and Texas Tech, Texas A&M, TCU, they all had to go somewhere. And you figured one of those four was going to Palo Alto. One of those four was going to Stanford. A couple of them were probably going to have to go to those regionals in the state of Florida. And that's what, and somebody was probably going to have to go to Fayetteville. TCU ends up in Fayetteville. Texas and Texas Tech end up in the state of Florida. A&M ends up out on the West Coast at Stanford. So it's, you're just kind of grouped together. Uh, I think when you take a look at the RPI, I, again, I, I just don't know what metric you're going to use to separate the two teams. Because they're right next to each other. Texas is one spot ahead of A&M on the RPI rankings, right? Uh, I'm looking at the RPI right now from Warren Nolan, and and this is a running RPI, so Warren Nolan is still counting the RPI. As of today, Texas is 21st, A&M's 24th. Okay. Uh, But then you look at the strength of schedule metric, A&M's got this place that's played the sixth toughest schedule in the country. Texas was 26th in strength of schedule. Now you look non-conference strength of schedule, Here's where the regional helps Texas, Cam. Again, if the committee's going to look at these metrics, if you're going to stay, we're going to start from scratch and kind of look at these resumes now, you look at non-conference strength of schedule. Texas is 22nd. A&M is 81st. What's helping Texas there? Indiana making it to the champ, to the finals of that uh, of the Lexington Regional against, uh, against Kentucky. And there were quite a few teams that Texas played. Uh, granted, San Jose State's not going to do a whole lot to your RPI, but they were – a conference tournament champion, they did make it to the NCAA tournament. So Texas being helped out by that non-conference strength of schedule. Uh, again, A&M 81st. I, so I just don't know what you do. Money's going to be a wash because, as Craig said, the bid process has already been done. So either way, Cam, if it's Texas and Texas A&M, and again, the Aggies have to do their part. I think we all forget about that, right? Everything we're talking about could be moot. If it's Texas and Texas A&M, there's going to be one fan base tomorrow that's going to be very, very angry and feel like they got the shaft from the NCAA. Specs Textures, who do you want to face? A&M or Stanford? 512-337-3776. It's a question I've been thinking about because obviously Stanford's the tougher team. But So to me, as as a college baseball fan and watching college baseball from the time I was a kid, those two teams, like seeing those two caps, those two logos, those two brands facing each other, Texas and Stanford, at a super regional trip to Omaha on the line, it doesn't get much better than that. It doesn't. Yeah. If you're a Texas baseball fan, if you're a college baseball fan, it doesn't get much better than you know your road to Omaha. Hey, you got to go to Coral Gables and knock Miami out of their regional, and then maybe go to Stanford and have to knock them out of a super regional. That that's a hell of a road to get to Omaha. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what the text line says, Cam, because I, I don't know. I mean, if you're going on the road to Stanford, that's a really good team. Did you see that ball that Tommy Troy just obliterated last night on the Grand Slam off Josh Stewart? Georgetown native Josh Stewart, by the way. 
Uh, yeah, dude, that was as big. And, and was, you could feel, I, we were talking about it on the flagship message board at Horns 24-7. And I was like, dude, it feels like the wheels are about to come off this thing for the Aggies. Because it's a four-run game, and if you get out of that inning, granted, you're probably going to have to trade outs for runs. But if you can get out of that with like a you know, five-run deficit at that point, because it would have been 10-5 if you just allow one run, you're still kind of in it. You know, you can still manufacture some things, but it just felt like that thing was about to come unraveled, and good Lord, Tommy Troy crushed that ball, just hit it right on, you know, Stewart grooved one, Troy hit it right on the screws, and, dude, that thing was gone into the trees. A&M, obviously, I think they're a little bit closer to Texas, and obviously Texas already beat him this year, but Jim Schlossnagel is an incredible postseason coach, so that's the one thing that I can, I'm concerned about playing A&M, even though... They aren't ranked like Stanford is ranked. Schlossnagel has been to the College World Series both. What he did at TCU was incredible, and he's Mm -hmm. already taken A&M to the World Series once. Beat one of Augie Garrido's best teams in that 2010 Super Regional here in Austin. Uh, See, I don't necessarily agree with this. ESPN will tell the NCAA that that a UT Super Regional, said regional, but a Super Regional, will draw more viewers and more revenue. I I think that's a wash. You're going to tell me if that regional is played in College Station that college baseball fans won't want to view it? No. No. Dude, if it's Texas and Texas A&M and a Super Regional, people that don't have a dog in the fight that don't care about college baseball will watch it. It doesn't matter if you you can go play that thing in Taylor or Bastrop. It's not going to matter. People will tune in. Uh, and, dude, A&M, they can, I mean, as far as revenue goes, Cam, what you say? There's a 500-seat difference between yeah, Bluebell and Dish Falk is about 6,600 and Bluebell 6,100. Okay. It's basically going to be a wash yeah. in terms of the revenue. So it's it's – you're very, very much splitting hairs at this point. Uh, Texter says A and M because of the game time. Says Aggie, and again, A and M fans, this isn't me doing this. This is me reading off the text line. Aggie fan meltdowns always make me laugh. If they win tonight, and if they win tonight, and we host the Super, their meltdowns will be epic. Stanford, a thousand percent. I will never root for A and M to win for the opportunity to play them. Texter said I'd rather face Stanford all day long, even if we have to travel to Palo Alto. Uh, that's not a big deal to me. Texas faced many tough opponents. Uh, I don't want to give A&M any more exposure than they already have. Cam, I've heard some Texas fans say this. It says, Director's Cup impact has to be taken Ooh. into consideration considering who we root for. I'll, I'll, I like how this guy's thinking. I'll be honest. I I don't give the south end of a rat about the Director's Cup. I'm sorry. I just don't. And for those wondering now, basically the winner of the Director's Cup this season will be decided by whether or not Stanford goes farther than Texas, because I believe right there's a great Twitter account. I believe it's Director's Cup Updates, and I believe his or hers last update said that Texas is ahead of Stanford, but a lot will depend on who goes farther in the college baseball postseason. So this does have Director's Cup implications. So if you want Texas to win it this year and win, what, three straight now after Stanford's dominated dominated this, this award, and you might have to root for A and M tonight. Are there are there Longhorn fans walking around with like Directors Cup Championship shirts and hats? I don't think do they make them. Is that as I, I didn't you know, got a banner honestly, put up somewhere? Honestly, as the biggest sports fan as I am, I didn't know it existed until like <laughs> four years ago, where I heard Del Conte talk about it in his press conference. Directors Cup was it, was it like a hockey? Is that is that like the uh, the UIL does that where they tally the points and you know each conference gets like I guess the athletic department of the year? I'm like, man, is is Lake Travis is, is Lake Travis just 
you know, are the, are the admins at Lake Travis just like, or Westlake just pounding desks like, man, you know, because we, you know, the golf, girls golf team didn't make it that far. We're going to list out on the athletic director's cup or whatever it is. I, I don't know. It's nice, but it's, it's one of those deals that I guess if you win it, it's cool. But if you don't, I don't think anybody's going to be all that upset. Uh, I would much rather face A&M, the devil you know. I, I, again, the stamp, man, that, Texas and Stanford paired up. I just really like that. That's Chad Hastings' move. When you look at uniforms and logos and how they pair up, I just think Texas, Stanford, college baseball, I love it. Says so A&M for sure. Having a chance to host, that's a no-brainer. A&M, it's just more fun that way. Uh, and they get to be either at home or very close to home, better than a long flight to Cali in a different time zone. Yeah, dude, because you know you're going to get the late games if you're if you're in the Stanford Super Regional. You're getting those late first pitches, which is going to be pretty rough. By the way, Jeff, an update. Because it's Stanford softball team advancing, I believe, to the Women's College World Series, mm-hmm. right now Stanford has projected 1,376 points. Texas has 1,372. So Texas would have to advance to the College World Series, gaining nine additional points or a need to track results to fall in their favor to win the Directors Cup update. I was told there would be no math involved in today's show. Way too much math. At director underscore cup dates if you want to follow that. Um, Again, this could also just be a fake award. (laughs) This is much much ado about nothing. Um, Did you see the Trey Richardson three-home run game with the two slams yesterday? TCU taking care of Arkansas uh, to to get themselves in a 2-0. Craig talked about Earl Roberts, 21-game win streak, TCU a team. That heated up in Arlington. You're just like, oh, you last year, man. Yep. Oh, you, oh, you got really hot at the end of the year. And one went away from eliminating number three, Arkansas. TCU has no losses, so they could still lose the first game, which I believe is at 5 o'clock today, and then win the second one to advance. But TCU is another team that's really just heated up. Trey, Trey Richardson is like the uh, – he's going to be like the Al Bundy of college baseball. You know, Al Bundy scored four touchdowns in one game for mm-hmm. Polkai. Trey Richardson can always say, I hit two grand slams in a regional in Fayetteville against Arkansas. We got a great text. 11, 11 RBI is what he had. Uh, I was mentioning that because there there's some really good stats coming out. Like There's the one that I, I tweeted out last night. Since Texas got eliminated from the Long Beach Regional in, 20, in 2017, Longhorns are 12-0 and under David yeah. Pierce in regional play. They have not lost a game in a regional since they got eliminated in Long Beach. And Texas fans were saying he's on the hot seat. This year? I mean, look, it, okay. there's a lot of Texas fans, and, and I've talked to some longtime Texas baseball fans that have been following this team longer than I've been roaming this mortal earth. And there are some of those fans that just straight up don't like David Pierce for whatever reason. Yeah. Maybe it's because you had Tim Corbin or Pat Casey or uh, whoever was on that coach, John Savage, whoever you wanted to be the head coach of Texas – of the umpteen candidates that were candidates for that job, that were up for that job, that Texas either put out feelers to or just outright contacted, wanted to hire, wanted to bring in for an interview, whatever. Uh, if you're mad that David Pierce was just so far down the list and you wish Texas had a better coach, okay, that's fine. But don't let that cloud your view of what this program has done under him and, and specifically what this team has done. I said going into the year, you know, if this team got in a position – to where it could host a regional, that would be a good year considering the circumstances. Huge, huge year. And this team, you can say everybody gets a trophy or whatever. I'll disagree with that. But they won a share of a conference championship. They went on the road to to Miami in Coral Gables and won a regional. And now they're two wins away from getting to Omaha. 
It's been a good year. You can again, you can not like David Pierce for whatever reason, but you got to give him his props today and give the staff their props. You know, look, we can talk about the pitchers that haven't been developed, Cam, but for LBJ to fire the first postseason complete game for this program since Chad Hollingsworth did it what a against the Aggies in 2014, they have developed LBJ. They've brought him along. They've, you know. He, he was a guy earlier on in his career a couple of years ago. Yeah, he could throw it 95, 96, but you, know, you didn't know where it was going. Now he's throwing complete games on the road in regionals. And Th- Texas, that's how far that guy's gone. And especially when you get in the regionals like this, where you have games on Sundays and Mondays where your bullpen is depleted and you got guys who you wouldn't normally want to trust in big game situations pitching, how huge of it was for Texas to only use how many arms this weekend? Four, five? You used... So Whit, there was the Hurley, three starters, Morehouse, Hurley and Morehouse. Yeah, LBJ, incredible. Texas. I mean, maybe they they do win considering how the bats heated up yesterday, but to not use anyone out of the bullpen. I mean, having a pitcher go nine complete games that's huge. No matter what the sport is, right? No yeah. matter if it's MLB or high school baseball or college baseball, what LBJ LBJ did this weekend is huge towards Texas making it. And a real quick update. Thanks for correcting me. Uh, Arkansas TCU game one's at 2 p.m. Game the second game would be the at winner 8 take all would be at eight if it, the if necessary game is at eight o'clock. Uh, man, it sounds like Texas fans want a And M. Yeah, uh, playing Aggieland, better time zone. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of Stanford doesn't legalize it. Says Stanford doesn't have much of a home field advantage. Aggies all over the stadium. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of folks siding wanting to play the Aggies with the trip to. Uh, Omaha on the line. Uh, a, a couple of people's cams say couldn't care less about the Directors Cup. This texture says I was wearing a Directors Cup winner's shirt the other day and was accused of being a T-shirt fan. So there is a shirt. That, that's the story here. There is there's, a shirt. That's the story. That's hey, breaking news sounder. Cam breaking news sounder. Some apparel company somewhere did produce Directors Cup championship shirts. I don't know where you can get those. Perhaps some fine Longhorn outfitter near you. Probably UT Co-op, right? I'm sure. Somewhere down by campus. There's some, you know, some of the independent stores. Maybe they the, make, the team store at DKR. I don't know. Do they make runner-up Director's Cup shirts? Uh, those are on the, the shelf with the NIT championship okay. shirts. Yeah. And the uh, whatever 2009 national championship football shirts didn't go to uh, – some foreign country, yeah, those are those are there yeah. too. The men's basketball final four shirts from this year. Mm. Yeah. They're all they're all kind of over there somewhere. Just kind of off in off in the back corner. Kind of like, do you know there's a grape shortage right now, Cam? A shortage of grapes? I didn't. Because there there was an issue like the grape crops were late coming in and now there's a grape shortage. It's kinda of like where I found those grapes at that, that's where you can find the director's cup runner up shirts is where I found the grapes at H E B. So I was like, dude, why are there no grapes? Where's the grapes? And I got on my phone, I'm like, maybe they're out. Because it was this grape shortage I didn't know about. And then it's a little bitty sliver of grapes over by the mushrooms in the back corner. I'm like, oh, you don't put anything by the mushrooms. They're just kind of there because nobody ever wants to go to that section. But I found the grapes. That's where the, the director's cup t shirts are. Okay. Uh, it says, uh, George says Stanford. He votes for Stanford. Uh, yeah, so more A&M uh, chatter than Stanford in terms of people want to play. It says, give me Stanford all day. 
uh, says, what's the deal with Tanner Witt only pitching three innings? Is he still on a pitch count? No, the deal with him pitching three innings is he was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> After the first inning, he was not very good. So back to that question about Tanner Witt coming back another year. Now, his, That's not going to happen. But with his velocity, it, it's his movement's still there, but his velocity still isn't where it used to be. Our, he's he's going to tumble in the draft, right? Well, I, he'll, I think he'll still get enough money to go. I'll be very surprised if Tanner Witt's back at Texas for another year. But when you look at his velo, this is kind of where – this is really the last step for him. And, and I asked David Pierce about this. I don't think it was in fall. I think it was in preseason back in January. Uh, about you know, guy, and everybody's different coming back from Tommy John. But kind of what's what's the one thing everybody that you've coached? I mean, talking to David Pierce, that's had TJ. That, that what is the, kind of the common denominator? And he said it's really getting over that hump of really being able to let it go. Yeah, just really trusting it and being able to let it fly. It seems like that's kind of where Tanner is right now. Because the and and honestly, Cam, it really wasn't the velo. I mean, the velo, granted, it's not where it was pre-injury, but it'll get there. It really wasn't the velocity that, that hurt him yesterday. He just lost control of his breaking ball. Yeah. And that breaking ball was sharp in the first inning, and he just just didn't have it after that first inning. Yeah, I wonder what Pierce will do in the Supers. So if you go to a game three, do you still put him out there for the first couple innings and just, you know, hopefully you can get three, four, maybe five? Because the pitch count is a what? Is it is it even still there? He went uh, so he didn't pitch in the Big Twelve tournament because they weren't in Arlington very long. But he pitched an inner squad uh, that Saturday, so he got eliminated Thursday, came home Friday, had a squad Saturday. He went, I think, according to David Pierce, I think went three and a third and was right around like fifty ish pitches, okay. if I remember right. So I, I think that's where you're looking at him being.